Welcome to Machine Learning. Okay, I want to talk about lambda functions. Lambda functions and our lambda calculus is really pointer functions. So you have set up a variable with a lambda and its arguments. The arguments can be star arg or star star k args, kw args. So the way Python treats star args is that is a dynamic tuple. So you can have one or more values in that tuple. And then you can just iterate through the tuple to get the values. Star star kw args is a dictionary with a JSON string that um, builds a key value pair, and then you can iterate through the items in that dictionary uh, using an iterator. And, uh, and then when you're dealing with the, the uh, uh, so you would create a, a function and in that function, you would pass the combinator, combinator, and the combinator would be the, um, so you have a definition for y, and or your lambda, and it's the lambda, and then it's arguments, and uh, you then would, uh, pass that function to y with its arguments. And then what it does is it, it calls that function with those arguments and then treats that as a, a as a a um, pointer function. Now, why would you go through the process of doing the lambda calculus? Well, the reason why you would do that is it allows for a tighter notation of the formula. And so you, you can do um, fairly complex equations or functions in one line of code through the lambda calculus. So it almost acts like a decorator. Decorators conceal complexity and allow for notation for wrapping a particular API. And that wrapping effect hides the complexity and allows for reuse of code. So example of a decorator would be a check for alphanumeric um, on the input parameters. It may be a check for required parameters. It may be a check for uh, email, valid email. It may be a check for valid phone number. So decorators also are used with security to verify 
that the user has permission to access the data. So why using pointer functions? Well, you can then create a complex lambda equation, which is composed of a series of lambda functions. Now, what is a lambda function? It's an anonymous function. It doesn't have a name. And usually, you don't want to assign the lambda function to a variable because it should remain anonymous and usage should be on the same line. Now, lambda functions can call other functions within the lambda function, but again, it's this desire to create a mathematical-like notation for programming. And as I've talked about a couple of days ago, the desire to build things through functional programming where uh, the function usage of predefined code or libraries of code or even your own custom code where you have a single input and a single output and the parameters do not change are there or in other words they are immutable during the execution of that code so it makes for easier testability and um, usage in parallel computing cycles because we are in the days of massive parallel processing we don't use machines with one core anymore. We use machines with 60 core, 120 core, 256 core. Machines that have a lot of CPUs and we can task those CPUs with our Python programming language and through the usage of functional programming. In fact, we can build our own asynchronous functions and call them asynchronously in a queue and then await the completion of all the tasks that are in that queue. That's really nice when it comes to microservices because you might have you know, 20 microservices running at the same time and then have some sort of continuation that occurs after all the microservices are completed. Now, what do you do if a microservice fails during its process? Well, you can intercept that and maybe continue on and record that failure. Um, not sure I like that philosophy. I've seen it used in a company I work for. And their philosophy there was that they that, that particular microservice may not be critical to the overall scheme or processes of microservices completing. Which is, is interesting. If that were true, then 
you know, maybe one microservices is updating the clock, another one's updating the temperature, another one's doing something else. And, you know, do you stop the whole process just because your clock uh, didn't update? Maybe you don't care. Maybe the temperature and uh, other processes continue. So it, it, there is this kind of strange world of, of microservices where things may err but don't stop the overall transaction from occurring. Well, going back to why calculus or lambda calculus, you can, it has a, a real tight notation. Like, for example, if you were to do a lambda function and you would pass in lambda x and then it returned x uh, star star 2, which means raised to the second power then the lambda notation would just be y dot x2, suggesting that it was raised to the second power. Well, in some ways, I look at lambda calculus and I think of it as um, algebra. And I wonder if the associative and distributive properties of algebra could be applied to lambda calculus. And it's probably true as you work to solve for different unknowns that you could do some form of algebra associative distributive properties or even substitutive properties and have a certain outcome. So the, there could be a certain quality of mathematics to the lambda calculus. Now I don't see a lot on Stack Overflow where people were using lambda calculus and I'm thinking that that was probably introduced in Python 3.9. 